podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to episode 108 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod. We are sadly going to have to review yesterday's game, so we'll make it brief and move on. Now we've had a bad bout of sickness at Gigpod HQ recently and Rizzo's unavailable as is Spunkphone. So joining myself, Stevie, on this one is another John who possesses a wealth of common sense and plenty of soothing words, which is exactly what we need to hear today. As of course, my good pal and 67 Hail Hail colleague, John McGinley. Now, John, this season, the specs have said it was all about rising, but the only thing rising yesterday was my blood pressure, especially thanks to a certain ref that I genuinely will criticise as much as possible. So, John, you just did a 67 Hail Hail earlier on, a couple of hours ago before we started this recording. Has that helped you move on a wee bit after yesterday? Um, I thought it was going to, Stevie, but actually just got my blood up a wee bit again so <laughs> i've just been chilling for the last couple of hours and uh back on gigpod this is my first time on gigpod stevie can you believe that um so i'm honored to be here um and certainly you know as the the voice of the people um perhaps after being censored on 67 hail hail earlier that we can get into uh, bobby madden <laughs> yes. and really slate him for the next half an hour it's, quite, it's different worlds, isn't it? Because, of course, we deal with different people, especially when you're on YouTube and you're on YouTube Live and you've got to be careful of a certain fan base hijacking that channel as well. So you don't want to give them any ammunition and be trimmed on a certain website that I don't want to mention. But I'll get into Bobby Madden later because, frankly, it was an utter disgrace. Um, You know, first off, John, when it got to the lineup, it was pretty much what we expected yesterday I think we, I mean that lineup was exactly what I thought it was going to be despite Matt O'Reilly impressing against St Johnston you knew Rogic was going to come in I think Maeda was going to be through the middle despite the fact that Anne said Kyogo was fit and he's pressing on Friday I mean I, I personally did not think that that lineup was anything out of the ordinary or what I was expecting I think the only real surprise for me was uh, no near beat on in the squad at all yeah that was an odd one and actually we don't know what's happened there like there's been no word from the manager I don't think he was asked about it by anyone at Hamden yesterday and we've heard nothing from the club today so that'll be a bit of a mystery and actually probably had a, an influence on the outcome of the match in the end but the, the lineup itself I agree like there was no there was no real issues no there were no complaints as you say like it was a team we thought that was capable of of getting the job done the only question mark was whether Kyogo was going to start, but it, it seemed quite clear that, you know, perhaps he, he wasn't going to be able to play a full 90 minutes and, and the manager wasn't going to risk him in that way. Um, and I think that was probably the right call when, because, you know, when he came on, he, he, I don't think he was Matt Sharp, like in the way that we would probably need him to, to, to start that game. So no complaints there on, on that front. In terms of, you know, the first 20 minutes or so in that game, I, I was saying to people um, yesterday that, it was like the first 15 or 20 was so similar to that League Cup final of 2019, John, where 
Rangers were flying into tackles. They were first to every ball. They created the better chances. They were playing in their final third a lot more. We seemed very passive. You know, we didn't have anyone in midfield to take us further up the park. Carl McGregor was pretty much doing a one-man job for, you know, it was like a one-man midfield even. He was like the enforcer. He was your creator. Um, and he was basically, you know, your all-rounder in terms of pressing them. And it's a, it's a tough shift for Carl McGregor. A fine player. And he's really led by example this season. But I think the writing was on the wall, really, in the first 20 minutes. And it, I know it's not good, right? Because we've seen it before. Players at Hamden getting subbed early and... You know, it can affect morale, confidence, but I was surprised the manager didn't change it because it was evident it wasn't working, to be honest. I can see what you mean when you're saying that. I think it was pretty clear, like, very early on that, like, they were doing they were doing a, a job on Rogic and he was he was being isolated and, like, as everyone knows, Bassey kind of pushed up on him and, and that midfield area was kind of flooded almost. And, and, and Celtic, it was a strange one because, you know, for all the talk that... And needs to drastically change his tactics, and there's there's been a there's been a bit of that over the last twenty four hours. Or he needs to really change it against uh, Rangers in the upcoming derby at Celtic Park. I think really what the team need to do is just play the way that has been so successful under Ange in the first place. Like I think there was maybe an element of overthinking yesterday. They were kind of trying to bypass the Rangers with more direct passes, but we didn't really have that presence, and so that midfield area was just almost abandoned to them in that first 20 minutes. And that, as you said, kind of set the tone for, for for what was to follow. I think we did come back and, and compete in patches throughout the match. Um, but I think overall, Rangers won that battle effectively. Mark Rogic out of the game until he, he had to go off. And, you know, you can you can make arguments about whether the manager should have changed things around or, or what, what, what substitutes he should have made in the, in the second half. But I think yeah, very early on, it was evident that, Rangers were going to be up for the, this occasion. There was going to be no talk of them being tired of from Thursday night or any of that part. John, you've went on record and said pretty much before these games, just like myself, we always say it's going to be tight. It's never going to be a walkover. But you, I'm saying it in the nicest possible way here, that you talk up Rangers, but in a professional manner because you're pretty honest about where they are and where we are. There's not a lot between the sides. And obviously we battered them in February and we scraped by them at Ibrox, but there were two very different wins, two deserved Celtic wins. I think yesterday you saw, you know, a side to Rangers that it reminded me a lot of what you would probably see under, like, Walter Smith, when they've been criticised domestically, you know, and they, it was like wounded animal stuff, if I'm honest with you. Yesterday was probably the first that I really came back from Hamden. What a game in general, John. Questioning the players' mentality. I guess we'll see where that goes next week. Now, this is a bit, John, where hopefully your soothing words and your <laughs> wisdom will come into play. Because you know what I'm like? I'm generally, you know, a panicker and I do overthink. And I just, I never want to be seen as an idiot. Where last week, when I'm, I'm staying in the red zone, was I maybe over celebrating when we were beating St. Johnston, going nine clear, you know, getting out, behaving, and getting in party mode. And I'm like, well, nothing has actually won yet. And I'm starting to panic thinking, have we went a wee bit over the top? But at the same time, you know, as football fans, you're allowed to celebrate after a big win. You're allowed to celebrate going nine clear of your rivals at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. after yesterday, though, John, I'm hoping the players regroup and I'm hoping, you know, they, they take out everything on Ross County. But it was the first time I've really questioned the players' mentality in a long time. It says a lot about them with the run they've been on, John, but yeah, I, I'm not going to sit here and deny it to everyone that 
I was very worried after that yesterday. I understand why you would be worried because I think in isolation the performance was concerning. I, I don't think it's... I, I personally don't think it's time to reflect on, on getting too complacent or or kind of not being positive about the journey that we've, that we've taken under Ange because I think there has been plenty of reasons to, to be excited and like it, last year was awful, like for for many reasons, but not least because I couldn't actually go and see the team. So you've been enjoying that as much as anything this season. And when the the team are backing up results on the park and turning round, you know, points deficits into into point leads at the top of the Premiership, you're going to enjoy it, and you you've got every right to do that. Does that mean like you 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 go a little bit over? Not you personally, but does that mean that people go a little bit overboard with with praise? Of, players and, and the manager, well, maybe, but that's part of it. At the same time, no, I, I do think we've, we've made incredible progress and I do think the evidence is there that this team um, will bounce back from this. Like, I don't think we need to worry about a collapse or, or any kind of spiral, downward spiral here. Like, I, I just don't think there's enough, like, kind of to hang your hat on that. Um, like, the, what was it, 31, 32 domestic unbeaten until yesterday and 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 that 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 takes that takes guts first and foremost because there's plenty of times that we've seen but it also takes like quality and it takes you know commitment to what they're doing and I don't think they're going to just let that escape I don't think they're going to let off now like I'm not saying the league is completely done because again that's silly but like we obviously can't celebrate it but you know I just don't see the, the the need to be overly threatened about what they're doing, and I don't really see the need to overly threat about us seeing out these these final five games. Now, the Ross County game is what it is. We'll get onto that later, but ju- just in, in terms of yesterday, like immediately, the captain was was regrouping players at the end of the game. Immediately, there was a connection between like the the support and the team. So there's nothing lost here. I don't think any. I don't think too much of the good feeling that has been built up over the few months has been destroyed by yesterday, despite the performance. Like, um, I think we'll all be feeling good by this time next week, um, and, and hopefully we are. So I understand your concerns concerns fully, Stevie. I'm not trying to dismiss that in any way, but at the same time, um, I just think look at look at what has happened this season. Look at the results. Look at some of the performances, and look at the way we've we've come back from some poor results already this season and. And look at Sunday and think that's a game we can win, like and we should win. Um, and I'm not going to worry for the next six days about it. That, that's just the way I'm I'm approaching it. Yeah, and you know the way that you approach things is very different to myself. But I'm glad I got you on for that because in, <laughs> you know those few minutes there, that is common sense. And you're right, the players have bounced back so well. And you know even at one one yesterday, mm-hmm. what the big difference was for me was usually we've seen it before when we went one 0 down against Hibs right up the park and scored. When we went down to 10 men against the United, we regrouped, we pushed on for a winner. But I just felt yesterday it was like a bridge too far. It was almost like all yeah. that momentum with Rangers wasn't it? As soon as Arfield scored, another one stop. Yep, this is a Celtic side that are going to sort of step up here and go to one up. The energy of their fans, it was like a real momentum changer. And they had no right to even be in the game at that point. You know, they should mm-hmm. have been with CCV scores that. It's game over, it's all done, but it's it's just fine margins in the end, isn't it, John? It's like wee small details. If that goes in, it's a different story. What did annoy me, though, with their goal was I was screaming all day, all game, right? In fact, I always scream every time we play Rangers, John, where <laughs> you watch them and 
they basically have Connor Goldson with a long diagonal out to the wing. They put her across very quickly and then they feed on the chaos that they cause from it. They, they do it all the time in Europe and they also try to do it against us. Now, we've nullified that so well, but yesterday I was furious because as soon as Connor Goldson got that ball in, what, 77 minutes, I'm screaming. Mm-hmm. Basically, saw Tavernier bomb right up that right and I was just shouting constantly, going, somebody close him down, you know where it's going. It was almost, it was infuriating watching that because, like, as a fan, you'll know what's coming. And you'd be expecting, you know, Sunday and Celtic's coaching staff or the players to be tuned into that as well. They just switched off for that moment. Rangers did hurt us. And it's a totally different game after that. But, you know, focusing on the, the good stuff before it, what I do have to say is, I thought Matt O'Reilly's introduction, I thought that was positive. He yeah. changed the game. I mean, there was, a, there was a real balance after that. You could see what our game plan was when he came on. Kyogo came on as well and they gave them something to think about. And I feel like Kyogo, it's totally different. But it's yeah. mere presence, you know, now and now. And then we're going to make it one now. We things like that would have definitely helped. I thought, to be fair, John, when Taylor scores, he got a bit of luck with it, but I thought the free kick was very well worked. No, it, it was. Yeah. And it, it, like there was a slice of luck to it. I think there's no doubt about that. But I think, like you say, by that point, it felt like this the subs had swung things in our favour a little bit. And we were getting into the kind of positions that we wouldn't have without those substitutions. And I was feeling pretty good about it at that point because you're. You're thinking Greg Taylor scored. We are getting into the, these pieces. The thing for me that changed it again was the the subs that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst then made by bringing on Arfield and Davis. I I think that then took the kind of window our sails a wee bit in, in terms of what O'Reilly and Kyogo had brought brought to the game at that point. And there was so many momentum shifts yesterday, Stevie. That that was what was quite. Um, disappointing about it. I mean, we even had a, spe- a, a short spell, uh, granted, but even a, a short two or three minute spell in, in the first half of that extra time when it, it thought like, you know, maybe we, we were going to push for something here. Um, and it, it kind of swung back and forward that way. But I, I do agree that it did feel like there was an availability about it once they had equalised because from that point on until the end of the 90 minutes, they were they were just completely on top and then save for that, that two or three minute period in, in the first half of extra time we looked pretty lost, to be honest. And, and I'm not going to lie and say like it, w- it wasn't disappointing for me and I wasn't um, annoyed with the performance and also um, a little bit concerned with... And I think you used this word earlier, but you used the word mentality. And I, I'm not I'm not questioning the mentality of the, the players in, in the grand sense of things, but I do think they, they just felt the occasion a little bit yesterday and maybe didn't play the, the football that they might ordinarily um, because they, they kind of felt it more than Rangers did. I was saying this earlier that, you know, again, Rangers have almost built their entire season this year on, on like knockout football and like they're a seasoned team team at this. They've been around together for two or three years and and I think that counts. And I think even the experience against Braga on Thursday would have counted somewhat in, in the sense that they went extra time in that one and they got over the line and that probably gave them a lot of belief that they could do it again yesterday. Um, and it's, it's difficult because you're, you're pointing at things we did wrong, but I do think they also did a fair amount right yesterday, and that had a factor again, as you say, with the fine margins in these games, sometimes that's enough. I also felt, you know, getting into the game, John, there was a lot of chat about how they would have been dead in their feet. Again, I mentioned this in the channel, so people might think I'm covering old ground, you know, it's about having a game plan and getting your tactics right, but a massive part of psychology as well. It'll be the last time I harp on about it and then I'm going to stop. When I keep talking about Boa Vista 2003, it's because I do always remember 
get into that game, Celtic were written off. We, you know, we had like a day and a half, two days, mm-hmm. you know, most to prepare. And Rangers were flying. That was a strong Rangers side. They were expected to wipe the floor with us. They were five clear in the league, I believe. Or no, eight. We got it down to five and we had a game in hand. But John, I just remember the, you know, the adrenaline that those players came back from Borussia mm-hmm. with. They, they saw our fans, you know, the beach balls and all that. And we turned up the, with the Brimlin. We were in full voice and it was like a party atmosphere. And it was almost like we brought so much energy to that. And psychologically, you know, Rangers would have probably expected us to be on a downer and be dead on our feet and be looking exhausted. But I think we get such a lift from that. I think our fans were fantastic yesterday too, but their fans made a massive, massive amount of noise, as you would expect. And I just think we we things like that, John, when it was going into extra time, I think the energy from our fans, because we conceded, Mm. And we are getting into extra time. And it was almost like, oh, no, because obviously six years to the day after the... Rogic penalty miss one <laughs> things like that would have been playing in their mind because when it goes to extra time there against a team who are accomplished in extra time and masters at knockout football this season didn't bode well there was a lot of nervous energy among our fans yesterday whereas their fans would have been thinking we had no right to even be in this position yeah let's go and finish this and they would have been buoyed by the fact that you know there was injuries um in our team and we were starting to bring on players that by all accounts are just not the same as the players who uh, went off with injury. We things like that all add up. But John, psychology is a massive party and where that yeah. ended up yesterday. I, I totally agree with you in, in the sense that it almost felt like a, wee, a, a small victory for them to even bring it to extra time, um, given the, the stuff they'd, they'd gone through this week and, and the way that we went ahead. Like I think it just, it just felt like they had the ascendancy and we didn't. And I, I do think there was a lot of tension and I do think that feeds into the team. And I, I think there was um, a lot of tension in the team into the extra time period. And I know you want to talk about Stephen Welsh and James Forrest who, who were brought on and, and how, you know, Rangers had the ascendancy there. But, you know, I think they were two examples, Welsh specifically, who I, I thought felt the tension. I know he was in a he was in a difficult situation there because he's, he's been played in a position that he's not, totally comfortable with after coming into the team after, you know, I, 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 I think it's maybe two months since he last played or something like that. So I understand it was a difficult situation for him, but he was just one of the, I'm not singling him out, you know, for criticism, but he was just kind of emblematic of of the team kind of struggling in that period with, with Rangers in that sentence. Yesterday on the channel, I, you know, you got me on right after the game yesterday. <laughs> Walked from Hamden to the town with Hamish, um, I'm just going to say this, John, I mentioned mm-hmm. it in our group chat earlier, but, you know, there was a lot of very gutted Celtic fans in amongst us, as you would imagine. On the way to the city centre from Hamden, there was a Celtic fan, I'm not joking when I say this, Hamish mm-hmm. backed me up, as you know, singing the sash, which blew my mind. That's odd. I think it was a wind-up, right, and he ah. was like, trying to be funny, but it was just it was just not the moment, man. It was just like everybody turned around going, what are you doing? So that, that was weird. That just threw us off. And then we got to, do you know, the bridge at the River Clyde area. Yeah. And, you know, you could tell myself and Hamish were absolutely gutted at that yesterday. Put so much into it as fans and you get nothing back. That's just football, right? But what you don't want is a Celtic fan coming up to you laughing and joking, going, oh, cheer up, lads. And we get it a few times on the way to recording. So that's all in my mind. Thinking about Stephen Welsh and I just lashed out, basically. I thought... Now, putting him in that situation, I thought it was on the manager, and I don't know why we didn't switch to a back three at that point. 
Um, the manager just goes away with what he knows, and it was a case of I think you used the phrase earlier, like square pegs and round holes, John. Mm. Um, and that was probably the best way to describe it, really. Welsh was massively out of his depth, but you know, he shouldn't have been in that position, and that was on the manager in that respect. But you know, the basics, John, he is a professional footballer, he's not a wee boy, he's not a fan that's won a competition, told play it right back and do a job here. He's a pro, he's on good money. And he's in that position. And just said all season, players have got to be ready to be put in a position to step up for the team. So he's been saying that all season. And Wales should have been in a position where they could do the absolute basics, such as link up with Forrest, link up with Callum McGregor, have communication with the rest of the defence, and link up you know, with Joe Hart. If need be, he couldn't do any of that at all. Short passes, kept going to Rangers players or out of the park. He just looks so nervous. In all honesty, and I know Udinese were looking at him in January, and I know he's still maybe got a bit more development to do, but I don't know if it's going to be at Celtic because I just felt at that point yesterday, John, when you had Stephen Welsh on there and you had the more experienced James Forrest there on the right. Mm-hmm. I've never seen, you know, that was a moment for me that Rangers must have knew we have got yeah. this because they targeted us down that side. That's where they get the goal from. And if we're ever in that situation again, we really have to make sure, John, as a club, that we have got players that we can bring on that can do just as good a job as guys like JJ, guys like Greg Taylor. Because, frankly, uh, it was a bit embarrassing to watch, if I'm honest. I totally agree that it gave Rangers encouragement like um, that they, they wouldn't have had. Um, and that was, an, that was an unfortunate part of yesterday, but I take your point in the sense that Club need to ensure that we've we've got a full complement of players going forward, and that that that'll be a thing that is addressed over time. You hope uh, under Ange, um, and the James Forrest thing is disappointing too because, like, I've been a massive fan of James over over the years, and and feel like he's done so well for Celtic and been such a key player to a lot of success over the last five years specifically, um, but he just wasn't at the races yesterday either, and and. Again, you don't want to dig him out too much, but it just didn't feel like the level of substitute that we needed at that point. It, they weren't substitutes, I felt, that were, were positive in any way. It was just kind of to to fill a blank, basically, because we didn't really have any other bodies. And it shouldn't really be like that in a national semi-final. And, and hopefully Ange realises that going forward, and hopefully the club do too. And we'll see how that kind of thing pans out. It doesn't make it yesterday any easier. Um, at all because you 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 do get frustrated and almost annoyed at the performances of the players and by that point what Rangers pushed and and we collapsed and 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 that's the way it goes sometimes I mean how how are you feeling today after it Stevie like how are you feeling twenty four hours on still really gutted um, I'm not going to say how many years I've been watching Celtic I don't like to give away my agent here as you know but I've seen us lose to Rangers I've seen us lose to terrible Rangers sides mm-hmm. I've seen us lose to very good Rangers sides. But yesterday was like the first time that like, I have felt so deflated. It was like, a real sick feeling after that. What a lot of it was down to, I think. Well, let's go back to the psychological side of things, John. It was that. And it was more maybe on a personal level where mm. I have celebrated the Celtic team so much. I've talked them up. You know, we've beat Rangers. You've, you've had a drink and you've really, as they like to say, lived it up, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, last weekend we beat St. Johnson. Myself and Reedsel went out. It was almost like party mode and it's now got me thinking how will the players react to that and 
did we over egg it too much just wee things like that because you know nothing's won yet that's where i start to sort of get down i know it's not just about me and this isn't what gig pod is it's about the club but i'm gonna reassure you here steve i don't think you have like i don't think you need to have an existential crisis on this one like it, it is one of those things but i i do think if you if you go back and look at where Celtic have come from and where they are now i think you'll be pleased with 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 the overall picture. Um, and I think that's what, you know, you're more than entitled to enjoy a 7-0 win, for example, last week. And I know it feels like a bit like a, um, you, you've bigged them up too much and, and and they didn't perform on the day that you, you felt that you needed them to. But again, that's just how football goes. And you you just take it. And I, I, I'm still fairly confident about the rest of the season. Like, I, I do think we're going to win the league. And I'm not particularly terrified of them coming to Celtic Park either. Again, I think it'll be a tight game. You know, as I say, for all those, I don't think it'll be easy. I think Rangers are a decent side this season and um, they'll be up for that one as well, especially if if they win this weekend. So um, there's all sorts of factors at play here. But I genuinely think you'll be feeling much better this time next week. So um, let's say that. Do you know, it was an absolute killer yesterday too, see when that second goal went in. And obviously we all know the... Gig Pod 105, the intro music, which was that scooter song. See when that played full pelt, it was a sore one, man. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Like, I, I, it just honestly felt like the Hamden PA guy was playing that and just went, You have some of your own medicine, you fat dick. <laughs> it honestly felt like you kicking their teeth. It was horrible. Um, and, and that's the nature of the rivalry. And you know what, Stevie, that'll make it all the more sweeter when we do have better days. So so there you go. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to patronise you at all, but like I, I do, and it is right to feel emotional um, about these occasions. But um, it's just one of those things you're going to need to take, mate. And I, I don't think it should stop you from talking positively about this Celtic team and a manager in the future. Like I'm not here to make excuses for them, but yesterday was was a bad day, um, and I think we'll have more good days than bad uh, under with the, with these players and the, and the manager. I think one of the things I find hard to do, John, is I, I can't fake anything. So if I'm pissed off, I'm annoyed, <laughs> I show that. If I'm happy mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, loving life, then I show that too. And obviously I think there's comments on the channel about that. And that's when I'm on um, 6 or 7 Hail Hail. I genuinely do get emotional with Celtic because they mean a lot to me. Just like you know, everyone listening here, Celtic is a big part of people's life. This season's been such a joy because this team have, you know, renewed my passion so much with the club again. And I've just been loving um, going to watch Celtic so much again for the first time in years and um, you know when you get the bad days it just it, it sticks a wee bit more I guess that's all I, yeah I, I agree I, like I've been caught up in the hype as much as anyone around Ange and, and the team and it, you know you do feel a, a, it, it gets personal at a point when you've put yourself out there so much and speaking um, so excitedly about them so um, I, I fully understand where you're coming from on this but I, I just I just don't think this team is going to like let this derail the whole season. I think Callum McGregor is a good captain and I think he'll regroup the players and, and we'll see a different Celtic. In terms of making it up, John, that's going to be at Dingwall next Sunday. However, I won't get your thoughts on it for this one. Uh, Rizzo is going to come on with me. We're going to do a big preview for that because you know I think you'll agree it's a monumental game. It's the most important mm-hmm. one of the season for us now. Before we do go, I can't let this one go and I need to get your shoot opinion <laughs> on it. Bobby Madden. Now, I don't want to spend too long talking about him because I know he'll thrive on this. He's pretty much the... He sees himself as the Scottish Mike Dean and that everything's about him. He's a celebrity and he just wants everyone talking about him. He's got an Instagram that he knows that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's going to be 
plowing into it and leaving comments and he, and he gets a buzz out of it. I, I think he is a narcissist. I honestly think he's, as a personality, he's just a massive red flag. Now, I don't think Celtic lost the game because of him yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was a factor in the way that the game played out. Stop start, which really suited Rangers where you couldn't get into a flow. Rangers shouldn't have had 11 men on the park at one point, I would say. But, you know, look again, they'll turn around and they'll say, well, look at the League Cup final, you know, you scored an offside goal or whatever. They'll always have a, a counter to what we say about Bobby Madden yesterday. But I thought in general, Bobby Madden was like a one out of 10 performance and that's been generous. The drop ball incident and the bit of extra time, no idea what that was all about. You know, the, the fact that there was a bit, there was a clip that I saw today that I actually missed because I actually left yesterday early when David Tumble played a ball over to, I think it was, was it Jota on the left? I think it was Jota and Kyogo was in the middle. It was looked like a fairly dangerous situation, yeah. And then he pulls it back and he has the free kick taken again. And Callum McGregor's right in his face going, what are you playing at? And, you know, stuff like that, John, I think the, the most infuriating part is they're not taken to task, they're not held to account, they're not put in front of cameras after the game going, what was that decision all about? Or can you explain that? They just get away with it, they go to the dressing room, they go out through the back door, they go home to their comfy wee life, they've got a, but they get about a grand and a half for that performance as well. So it's not as if they do it for free. They've got a full-time job as well, as we know. And then that's it. They post on an Instagram account. Happy Easter. Look at me. What a great day I've had. It's all about me. And Bobby Madden's never going to change. He's been that way forever. That's why, John, we were groaning two weeks ago when he was announced as the ref. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to make it all about him either. He, again, if he probably will listen if, if anybody tells him, by the way, they're talking <laughs> about you on this. Because he, he is genuinely a narcissist and that's <laughs> the, type, you know, the type of people get off in that. Just very briefly, John, I'm not going to offer him one for the sake of it, am I? He was absolutely deplorable. No, you're not, and, and I think there's multiple things that are true at the same time. Like Celtic were poor yesterday, Bobby Madden had a shocker, and um, you know he did make decisions that I felt didn't have a direct impact on the result and the scoreline, but certainly um, wasn't you know in service of the way yesterday should have been played. Like I just thought his approach was all wrong. I don't know what he thought. He was. I think he maybe thought that. You know, it's a derby and you've got to let some things go. And and then it just went too far. Like, I genuinely... I, the the problem is that I don't really know what I was thinking, so your automatic assumption is that he's absolutely at it. <laughs> and I think that that's a fairly natural assumption when you can't um, look at someone's decisions and, and think, you know, there's a rationale behind that because some of them were, were mad. Like, I mean, some of the some of the attackers that he wasn't given the bookings for were, were ridiculous. And then there was the drop ball instant, like you said, and that other one. It just all adds up. And I I always used to think that Willie Collum was the ultimate attention seeker in, in Scottish football. But I agree, like he just seems to thrive on it. He seems to thrive thrive on the controversy. Like, like it, that Instagram post, I'm not going to get too raging about that, but like it's not the first time he, he's kind of done that kind of thing. Like he's, he's had posts on Instagram before kind of playing up, you know, both, both sides think I'm a bad referee, so I must be a good referee kind of thing. It's just a load of nonsense, uh, coupled with his appearances on open goal. Like the the, the thing about his Instagram post is like it, it just seems to be accepted as as a normal thing. Like um, you imagine a top referee in England posted on Instagram, and then Gary Neville was underneath it, like wink winking that Man- Manchester United had got all the good decisions because of his of the referee. Like I just don't think that would happen in the Premier League. 
but for whatever reason, Scotland's a, a daffy country, and and this is the kind of pattern that we are subjected to. It's a joke. Like if that was just something in Serie A, there'd be rights and all that. They'd be outraged about it. <laughs> but of course, of course, in Scotland, it's just accepted, and we have to just like play off as part. Which and that's why we're never going to be taken seriously in the eyes of the world. The, the, the problem is as well, like it it, it puts. You know, Celtic are kind of in a lose-lose situation with it because if they come out and speak about that, then they get mocked and derided, and and you know, you know, people call it bitter and all that. If Ange says something, you know, it'll be make headlines for, and Ange will get pelters for it as well. If they say nothing, they'll get pelters off um, the the conspiracy wing of the of the Celtic support as well. So it'll be you know they're in, they're in a lose-lose situation here. Like every team has beefs with referee now and again, but I just did think that yesterday kind of took it a bit too far in, the, in that sense. Like, um, It was just a really bad display, and, and yeah. I'm just terrified he gets the Celtic Park game now. I mean, and I, I say, I know all the, there's problems with all the refs, but I do think Willie Collum had a good game at Ibrox, and I think he should be given that Celtic Park game, and, and hopefully we can move on from yesterday's nonsense. We'll take whatever we can get off Mr. Collum, who we have never criticised, of course. Right, so this has been episode 108. It's not exactly been fun, but that's you know nothing against John. It's just <laughs> down to the fact that yesterday wasn't great and it's still hurting 24 hours later. But we do have to move on and myself and Rizzo will be previewing the game at Dingwall. Now, that's going to just be a colossal game now in terms of importance. Most important one of the season and Celtic have to go there and they have to react and they have to basically take out everything on Ross County and dearly hope that is the case. So myself and Rizzo will probably be back on Friday or Saturday previewing that one. John, what is the plans this week on 67 Hail Hail ahead of the Ross County game? Uh, well, well, we'll have plenty on, on the website and we'll have plenty on the YouTube channel as well. I'm actually in Ange's pre-match press conference, so I'll get to, to quiz him on, on what went wrong yesterday. In all seriousness, um, it'll be good to speak to him. Hamish usually does him, but he's on annual leave or something, so um, I, I get the, the honour of doing it, so um, that's something to look out for at least. And, and hopefully he's got a bit of inspiration for us before the game as well because you know the manager's been good at that all season and um, he's been good at like communicating with the sport and making them feel at ease about things so I hope he's got more of that passion so all that will be on the channel and on the website over the, ne- the next week as well. Excellent stuff and John thanks once again for coming on to GigBod it's been much appreciated and it's been a very soothing experience on what could have been a disastrous exchange between us Well thanks very much and I hope it doesn't take um, 108 episodes for me to come back on here um, so give me a shout anytime, Steve. I'll be delighted to come on. You can follow John. Um, you know what he is. I don't even need to give John's at. As soon as I say John McGinley, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But we'll put him in the episode notes if you know you've been living under a rock and you don't have a clue who John is. Again, you know where to find us. I'm not going to do the big outro that Rizzo does. Um, the numbers have been going through the roof. And thanks to everybody who has been rating us on Spotify. Spotify, John, did you know this? Spotify has got this wee bit. I think they've added it in recently where you can actually rate a podcast. Did you know that? Wonderful. What was your rating? We're at four point nine. Oh, nice, nice. That means someone. That means someone's rated it one. <laughs> so you've you've had all these reviews, and there's one wee guy out there who hates your guts. I'm not going to point any fingers, John. But I think this is because we are rapidly getting bigger than six to seven hail hail. So you can come clean and admit it with yourself. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if if maybe if that had happened, but we'll we'll launch a bot campaign against you and really bring the rating down. Um, Hopefully you don't become too popular. Thanks to everyone who's been rating us highly on Spotify. Really, really appreciated. Thanks to everyone who's also been following on our Instagram. 
Much appreciated too. The engagement there has been excellent. And we are at GigPod on there um, where you'll get a load of nonsense from us, the same as the Twitter account, but it's just more photos instead of text, which seems what a lot of people are after. Right, so myself and Riz will be back with episode 109. Thanks again to John for coming on. Thanks to everyone for listening and your continued support. And we'll see you soon. Podcast Network.